you're fat. So you drink anyone. Maybe if you show a little bit of cleavage. Maybe you're acting too smart. You're a boss. I just don't understand why you don't have no money. I would marry you. You're a tequila lover. You're not a party. You're the Chargers. I'm not going to be a Welcome to You're Such a Catch. I'm Erin, and today I am going to tell you all about the date that I had on Saturday night. That's right, a lot of you have reached out to me, slid into the DMs, and said, Hey, Erin, how was your date? Are you still single? Is there going to be date number two? (laughs) I guess it's my own fault. I disclosed that I was going to go on a date, so it would only be normal that you'd be following up with me. So I actually appreciate it. It keeps me loyal and honest, and you know I love to share a good story, and this one I don't think is going to disappoint. So before we get to it, though, I just want to remind you to hop on over to whatever you listen to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, like, subscribe, follow at your such a catch, or you can follow my other Instagram, Snoffling Queen. It's kind of my alter ego. Love that. Love sharing my life with you and just meeting new friends. I mean, that's what this is all about. It's honestly about building this community, what I like to call the YSC girl gang. Woo woo. <laughs> and I can't even begin to explain how much you all have changed my life for the better. So not only do you hold me accountable, you help me learn new things about myself, things that I didn't even realize. I feel like I'm constantly lost in, you know, getting pulled in different directions with what, you know, society wants me to be or what I think society wants me to be. And, you know, the more I talk this through, the more I share with you, the more that you engage with me, the more I learn and, you know, hopefully the better person I become. And with that being said, I will share this with you this week. I did receive some constructive criticism this week. We'll call it that. And I found it very interesting. The feedback I received was that although I brand myself as authentic, I'm being inauthentic. And there was a comment that or a statement made that I am not representing my relationship status as true. So I want to set the record straight on that. I am definitely not in a relationship. Trust me, when I get a boyfriend, and I will, (laughs) I mean, the odds are stacked in my favor. I'm putting myself out there. It's bound to come to me. But that day that that happens... I will be shooting bottles of champagne off my balcony, and I will for sure be disclosing that in my social media. So right now, I am definitely single. I am still on apps, even though I'm not swiping. I have been talking to several people. You know, it's a little bit tricky right now, you know, now that we're coming out of COVID with, you know, dating protocol and what you feel comfortable with and who you feel comfortable seeing and in what environment. So I have not been to 
a restaurant or bar yet. I just haven't felt comfortable. I think it's kind of weird that you enter with a mask and then you take it off because obviously you have to, to eat and drink. And then, you know, you leave with your mask back on. I don't know. I'm just not there yet, which after I tell the story today, you'll probably think, well, that doesn't make sense because of the scenario, you know, that I'm about to share. However, for some reason in my mind, it does. <laughs> so let me roll with it until I uh, want to rip that Band-Aid off. So let me set the stage for you. So I am not going to tell you how I met this man because um, this was not our first date. I have mentioned him in the past And I don't feel like that is necessarily going to add or take away from the story I'm about to share. So, and I'm not going to refer to him by name either because I do know that it takes a special type of man who is going to be okay with his girlfriend, his significant other, his wife one day, um, being so open and honest about everything in my life, right? And I don't necessarily think that everybody is going to share that perspective. And so out of respect for him and his privacy, I'm not going to disclose that. But again, it's not going to take away from the story. So without further ado, here you go. Okay, so we elected to meet up and didn't have a huge agenda planned. This is our second meetup recently. We, like I mentioned, we had met in the past and we kind of wanted to go see the eclipse. So last Saturday, there was an eclipse. It was supposed to happen about 8.45 p.m. And so we thought we would have a couple cocktails and then watch the eclipse. So it didn't really go as planned. (laughs) Well, first off, 8.45 rolled around and I looked outside and he hadn't arrived yet and I could not find the moon anywhere. So I don't know if it was beach fog or what was going on out there, but I could not see the moon. So I tried the front balcony. I tried the back balcony. I walked in the middle of the street, nothing. So anyway, so he arrived shortly after and we decided that we would still go down to the beach, but we were going to, you know, not rush into it or whatever. And we would have a couple cocktails. So in team tequila fashion, I went ahead and you know, started mixing up some margaritas. So we have a couple cocktails. We start to watch part of a movie, you know, just hanging out, kind of chit-chatting, talking, watching the movie, you know, keep having to rewind or whatever because we're not totally paying attention. And, you know, time is kind of like flying by and I kind of look out the window and I'm like, oh, there goes my neighbors. That's cute. Like their date night is always Saturday night. I know that about them. We've gotten to know each other very well during COVID. I'm like, oh, that's funny. They went to go sit in their truck together. I'm like, they're so cute. They're probably... I'd say they're probably in their 50s, but you know, they're they're totally lovebirds. They met on match, like which I love, and he just adores her and I don't know. They're they're just like so cute together. So, you know, I asked my date, I'm like, what are they doing out the window? You know, like I'm totally that nosy like neighbor and I don't have, you know, window coverings on the front window. So it makes it easy to spy and look out and see what's happening. And so my date's like, oh my God, Aaron, like stop it. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. And then the next thing I know, 
I get a notification on my watch and it's a ring notification letting me know that somebody is at my front door. So lo and behold, my neighbors show up at the front door. Mind you, right now it's the time is probably 11, 10, 30, 11. So of course I go downstairs and let them in. Now my date has no idea. He's never met these people before. He has no idea that they were really at the door. I mean, I, I was like, oh, someone's at my door, but you know, I didn't really realize who it was till I got down there. So of course I welcome my neighbors in and um, we have definitely hung out since COVID. So I wasn't really concerned about that. So they come on up and they're like, oh, you're making margaritas. And you know, we're like, yeah. So I'm like, let me make you one. And my neighbor's like, hang on, I'm going to go next door. We were also having margaritas and she wanted to have a tequila taste off. And hello, Team Tequila over here. I'm like, okay, let's do this. So I go and find my shot glasses. And you guys, I just have to tell you that for a while, I was collecting a shot glass everywhere I went. And it was like a thing. And now I've kind of switched that to Christmas ornaments, which I'm not sure why. However, <laughs> I think it's because, not to not to like get off track here, but I think it's because when I decorate the tree every year, I like to put an ornament up that reminds me of a place that I went or something that I did so I can kind of relive that memory. I feel like it's kind of counterproductive if it's on a shot glass and then you're drinking and then, I mean, chances are with me, like, am I going to remember that or not? I mean, how many white claws are we having? How many tequila shots are we taking? No, just kidding. It's not that bad, but maybe it is. Just just kidding. So I go and I find my, my shot glasses and I bring them upstairs and of course they're filthy. So my date starts washing them and gross. There was a bug in one, but we won't talk about it. It's just like, you know, a worm being in the tequila. Um, and we proceed to do a taste test. So she brought over a bottle of like Don Julio or something. And I had Patron Silver. And also I had George Clooney's Casa Amigos tequila. Now, if Gina is listening, she's probably going to kill me because I didn't try her brand of tequila. And, but I need to. I'm dying to. I, you know, she's a CEO of a tequila company. So, so many tequila connections. I was also on Kristen's podcast, which is turmeric and tequila. Anyways, I need a tequila sponsor. Hello. So we just sampled the tequilas. And I will say I'm the only badass around here. I didn't need salt or a lime, but we already knew that. We already know that meme about the girl who doesn't make a face after she shoots tequila without either. You know, she's not the girl you want to mess with. That's me for sure. So anyways, we have a great time. We're talking and, you know, we sampled these tequilas and all was great. And then, you know, of course it was their bedtime. So they headed next door and my date and I, you know, thought to ourselves, well, should we still go to the beach? Should we not? And now mind you, I don't want anybody to think that we were like driving crazily under the influence because we weren't. Well, I wasn't. Anyway, so we we go down to the beach and at this point in time, you know, I mean, we're going to, we're going to go try to look for the moon and we get down to Hermosa and park the car and, you know, pay the meter or whatnot. And people are leaving the bars at this time. There are several drunk folks leaving the bars and we're obviously bobbing and weaving. We don't want that Rona. So, you know, we're not close to anyone and we make our way onto the strand and then decide at a certain point we're going to cut through to the beach and to go walk by the water. So this is very important to note that 
I can only remember, um, just because when you're talking and, you know, you're multitasking and all these things are happening, I, I mean, I'm not a cop. I wasn't trained to observe my surroundings, right? So all I'm, like, all I can really remember is passing by the swing set that's in the sand and thinking to myself, oh, I like love to swing. But, you know, I don't, I don't even think they put the swings back on the swing sets yet because of the current situation. So anyway, so we get down to the water and you can see shadows, you, you know, you can't really tell who's who, but there's other people on the beach and, you know, people in, in little clusters kind of talking, hanging out. And I think there were a couple people on the lifeguard stand. And so we are literally walking, you know, I, I've got my tennis shoes on because my foot is still broken. He's also in his, you know, tennis shoes or whatnot. And we are just kind of like walking along the water. It's a beautiful night. We take a couple photos photos. You know, we're just like soaking it in. We actually, we actually come across a group of people who are skinny dipping, which was very funny. And yeah, I mean, to watch them literally run back in from being out in the middle of the ocean was hilarious. And yeah, so about that time we had made it, I mean, pretty far down in Hermosa. And, you know, it was probably about time we turned around and walked back the other direction. And he puts his hand to his pocket and goes, Aaron, did I give you the car keys? And I'm like, nope, mm-mm, I, no, mm. And he's like, I don't have them. And I'm like, <laughs> you're kidding, right? And he's like, no. He's like, I lost them in the sand. I'm like, what are you talking about? You lost them in the sand. And he's like, no, I did. And I'm like, are you sure you didn't just leave them in the cup holder in the car? Because he did that you know, when he parked at my house the last time he left him in the cup holder. You guys, we spent the next, I can't even tell you how long. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give you the timeline, but we spent the next few hours with our flashlights on our phones, scouring the beach, retracing our steps, trying to find his car keys. Okay, at a certain point in time, I'm like, dude, I really don't think you dropped them. I think you left them in the car. So I decide that I'm going to leave him on the beach and I'm going to walk back to the car and see if they're in there. Now he is a little bit concerned. He's like, you're gonna walk by yourself at this hour of night. And I'm like, I got my phone, don't worry. Like, we got this. So I hightail it to the car, which takes me a couple of minutes. Mind you, at this point in time, my foot is starting to throb a little bit. I mean, I have a broken foot and the sand is not smooth. The sand is, you know, obviously your foot kind of sinks in and it's just not the easiest to walk on. It was a very good indication to remind me that my foot is still broken. So I get to the car and the mirrors on the car are definitely turned in as if, you know, when you lock your car, that's, you know, if you have that type of car, that's what happens. And I'm like, oh my God. So I try to open the door. Nope, not going to happen. Try the passenger door. Nope, not going to happen. Look all around the car to see if they fell out there. No. 
So then I'm like, okay, well, I'll head back over. So I head back over across the street, through the pier, onto the strand. I'm trying to remember which little barricade gate we crossed through, just so I can retrace our steps in the, you know, sand before we got to the actual, like, water. And you know, the tide is changing. Like the, I mean, you know, and I'm like, I don't know how the ocean works. Is it going to suck it out to sea? Is it going to push it up on shore? Is it mixed in with seaweed? I have no idea, but I am like becoming exhausted and I feel really bad for him because I know he feels awful as well. He's like, what are we going to do? Major mistake. He, you know, admits fault, says he was irresponsible, should have zipped up his pocket. I'm trying to tell him, I don't remember it hitting the ground. Wouldn't I have heard it? Wouldn't I have seen it? We weren't like that far away from one another. So if you guys can imagine, this was crazy. So... I will say the silver lining is we had to deal with a conflict together. And I think sometimes you don't experience conflict with somebody until far down the road, which is probably better. <laughs> But if you're going to experience a conflict with somebody early on, it's a really good indicator of how compatible you are, how you handle the situation. So I knew that I couldn't you know, really bitch about my foot. I couldn't really, you know, say anything negative. I mean, he felt bad. It was an accident and it was an accident that he was going to have to learn the lesson from, right? So me being a jerk about it or, you know, not helping wasn't going to make anything better. So anyway, <laughs> about 3.45 a.m., we decided to call off the witch hunt and we walked back to his car to make sure it was fine. And about that time, I noticed I had clocked 18,000 steps. Yep, about a little over seven miles, I think my watch told me. <laughs> oh, you guys. So then it was like, okay, we need to take an Uber or a Lyft. So tried to get either. He doesn't have a wallet. It's locked in the car. And I, I try Lyft, I try Uber, there is nobody on the road. So he suggests that we call the police department, the non-emergency line, just to one, say what happened, two, see if they have any suggestions, maybe somebody can go out into the sand, help us, or three, see if we can get a ride home. So in the span of this evening, we spoke to the non-emergency police line, not once, not twice, but three times. <laughs> the woman was probably sick of us. So the first time we said, you know, gave her the synopsis of the story. We asked if there was any way somebody could help us, if she had any suggestions. She did not. The second time he called, he said, and it was kind of cute. He did refer to me as his girlfriend, although I am not. But he was like, my girlfriend has a broken foot and I locked my key or I don't have my keys and we're locked out of the car and where we're trying to go isn't very far by, by vehicle, but you know, walking, it's at least a mile and a half. And the woman said, well, she can go uh, in an ambulance if you want. And that's pretty much the only way um, we'll be able to take you guys home. And well, shoot, I can't remember what the third one was. White claw brain. 
But anyways, we called three times and I didn't want to go in the ambulance. You guys, my foot wasn't hurting that bad, but it was just like, what do we do? And I kept saying, well, let's just start walking, which is crazy. I also had a moment where it flashed in my head, like us riding in a cop car, like in the back seat. Like, can you imagine it's like date number three and we are both in a cop car in the back seat just to get a ride home? Like, <laughs> this shit only happens to me, you guys. This shit only happens to me. So anyways, it's about 4 a.m. Oh, I know what it was. The third thing, the, the woman at the police station gave us a number to a taxi cab company. So we call the taxi cab company and about 20 minutes, the cab arrives. And I'm just going to tell you, for somebody who has not gone out to a restaurant, who has not gone to a bar because of their, you're just not feeling comfortable, the sheer thought of me having to get into this cab with no mask because the masks were locked in the car, (laughs) you know, no hand sanitizer. I mean, I'm not leaving the house without these things. And... So anyways, I mean, we had to, right? We had to get home. So, and we, neither of us have any money. I didn't have my wallet. His wallet was locked in the car. So we take the taxi ride home. We explain to the the taxi when we get there that I've got to go inside and, you know, get some money so I can pay him. You guys, I mean, at that point in time, it was just like humorous. So pay the taxi cab driver, and we did kind of get the lowdown from a gentleman who was pressure washing the Hermosa Beach Pier, and he said, like, you need to get there early because if you're not there early, the guys go out there with those metal detectors, and they're looking for, you know, things. And so, and he also, not only did he lose his keys, he lost his chain. So anyways, we decided we are going to take a power nap because there's no such thing as sleeping at that point in time. It's like after 4 a.m. and, you know, we need to get down there early. So anyways, I traipsed a bunch of sand upstairs and everywhere and just was freaking over the moon exhausted. No pun intended about that moon I never saw. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I guess I did see the moon. I saw a bunch of people skinny dipping. So the alarm goes off. It's 8 a.m. And it is time is go time. It is time to go back down there. It is time to find those keys. So one thing I left out too is on the way back when I was by myself and I was looking for the keys in the car, I found a penny. And for me, pennies are very special if you find them. My mom and I have always had this thing with pennies. We believe that it's my G mama or my G daddy who's leaving them for us. And it's usually an indication like they're there with you, like everything is going to be fine. So I did find a penny the night before. I didn't say anything to my date about it because, you know, not everybody shares the same views as as I do with that. And, you know, it's something special between my mom and I. And But I did, you know, tuck it away in my jacket pocket and, and I haven't been picking them up either. I've been acknowledging them, but because of the Rona, I've been kind of like, okay, I see you, G-mama. I see you, G-daddy. And then I've been leaving them. But this one I picked up. So on the way back to the beach in the morning, I tell my date. I said, you know, we are going to find your car key. It is going to happen. And he's kind of like looking at me like, ugh, lost cause, right? And so... Uh, 
we walk back out on that pier and we retrace our steps. And he decides he's going to go to the first lifeguard station and ask and see if anybody's turned anything in. I take straight to our, you know, routine. I went to from the pier to the strand to the barricade that I thought I went through or we went through near that swing set. And, you know, I am combing the sand and it's hilarious because there is shit in the sand that I remember from the night before that I am seeing again, you know, that hasn't been moved. So I'm like, if there, if this key is here, it, you know, it should be here still if nobody's, you know, picked it up or moved it. So anyways, he comes over, he's bummed out. He hasn't, you know, the, the lifeguard hasn't seen anything. And now at this point he's calling the locksmith while we're scouring the sand. And, you know, I just kind of see the defeat on his face and I'm like, Aaron, you can do this. You can find this key, you know? And so, Yeah. I mean, and there are a lot of people out on the beach already, believe it or not. There are people running. There is a man with a metal detector thingy, whatever you call that. There is a group of foreigners that are teaching their kids how to surf and they were so cute. They all had on like little bathing caps and oh my God, it was, it was hilarious. And here we are just scouring the sand like lunatics. So I asked the guy with the metal detector, you know, did he see anything? I'm not that, I mean, I guess it's on the honor system. And we figured too, if, if the chain was found, it wouldn't be returned, but maybe the key would, if somebody didn't realize the car was so close, they could have hopped in and stolen it. (laughs) So yeah, we're making our way back down the beach, the same beach that we scoured for hours the night before. And we get to the last lifeguard station and he goes up to the gal, you know, what was her name? CJ in Baywatch. So he goes and talks to CJ and they're having a little bit of a, you know, lengthy conversation. And I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe she has it. And, um, all of a sudden my phone rings, you know, cause I'm a little ways away and he's like, Erin, oh, they, they have it. Somebody turned it in. And I'm like, no, no, like there's no way. So I, you know, make my way back to the lifeguard stand and, you know, and the woman is just thrilled to be giving us this key and we cannot believe it. We are just beside ourselves. And she even said, she's like, people lose their keys all the time. They never make their way back to the rightful owner. She's like, we, they just don't. Like people either think they're gone um, or, you know, that they're never going to find them. So the fact that this happened, I mean, unreal. So what she told us is that they were on the beach in the sand and somebody had drawn a heart around them and wrote the words, lost and found. So the chain never made it back to us, which we didn't expect, but we did get the key. And so after that, I mean, just what a feeling. I can't even tell you what that was like. I mean, you know, and so it it was just such a great feeling. I was so happy for him because I don't know if you guys know this, a replacement key is like $450 for the push start, you know, type key. And then he was like so cute and sweet. And he was like, well, now that we're all the way down here at the beach, like we need to like 
dip our toe in the water. So I will tell you, we took our shoes and socks off. I rolled up my pant legs, he did the same, and we went and strutted our stuff through the water and just celebrated and like enjoyed the moment and just like gratitude exuding from all over. And then I felt like smacking him and being like, okay, you know, you're wearing, you're wearing joggers with zippers for a reason, dude, like zip them up. No, just kidding. Like I, I think he suffered enough, but yeah, it was just such a good moment to find that key. And also I must say the ice cold ocean water on my foot just Ugh, feels so good. My foot was just killing me. I mean, I pretty much achieved my standing goal that day by like 9 a.m. I mean, it was it was crazy. So yeah, so we made our way back, you know, <laughs> followed our path from the sand to the strand to the pier, and then walked back to our respective cars. His key worked, even though it was sandlogged. And uh, yes, and then... I was like, dude, you owe me some coffee and some breakfast. And so that's how we capped off our date. But you guys, talk about some crazy shit. And all I know is, I mean, he, and he said it. He's like, it was still a good time. He's like, I know the energy changed. I know that I was stressed. And he's like, but you were so supportive and you were you know, you were just my teammate and we were going to find this and we were going to, you know, we were going to get through this together. And so I will say, you know, if something like that had to happen, it, it, you know, was a telltale sign that we can handle conflict together or a difficult situation with little to no sleep. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I wanted the reward of some coffee and some breakfast. I told, I told my trainer, I was like, okay, I totally messed up my diet on Sunday and, and this is why, but yes, that was my reward. And, you know, then we had another honest conversation just about, you know, where we are in our lives, what we are looking for, what my intentions are, what his intentions are. And, you know, I don't know where this is going to go. For all I know, that could be our last date. That could be the last time we meet up. That could be the last time we speak. But what I do know is that through these lessons and through these experiences, I am learning so much more about myself and how I want to be treated and what a partnership looks like and, you know, just really trying to find my way. Because if I've been going this long, as a single person, you know, I'm not just going to give up that singlehood for anybody. You know, I'm going to wait for the right fit. I'm going to wait for the right match. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So let me know your thoughts. Tell me what you think of this date. Has anything like this ever happened to you? God, I hope not. I mean, and that's the thing, like I'm telling you the rules have changed in dating. Like you know, dating now is like going on a walk with somebody. It's sitting outside at a park. You know, I mean, I guess people did that before, you know, maybe they planned a picnic or, you know, you brought wine somewhere or did this or did that. But like, 
you have to be creative in this day and age for these dates. And, and, you know, the only reason I felt comfortable with him, like having him at my house or whatever, is because I met him before and it wasn't our first, you know, quote unquote date. So, but it's, it's a tough environment out there. And here we are just trying to do something fun and enjoy the beach. And it turned into this absolute crazy adventure. So anyways, you guys, I am definitely still single. I'm definitely still on the market. If you're looking for somebody who can handle conflict resolution, I'm your girl. (laughs) But anyways, that's how it went. And I will definitely keep you posted if there is another date. Yeah. So that's my story. You guys, that's my story. All right. Thanks for tuning in to your Such a Catch. I really appreciate you guys listening every week. I appreciate the DMs, the feedback, the comments, um, the constructive criticism too. I will take it. So until next week, happy swiping. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, which literally leaves nothing. (laughs) Bye.